The Mom Hour is brought to you by The Essential Calendar. Sarah, this is our favorite calendar for busy moms because its beautiful and simple design shows around three months at a time. Yeah, and with summer fast approaching, now is a great time to get The Essential Calendar and see what I've been raving about all these years. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. I'm a mom of three kids, ages two, five, and seven, and I live in Southern California. And I'm Megan. I am the mom of five kids, ages six through 17, and I live in Michigan. This is the Mom Hour, part of the Life Listened Network. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 53 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers, and I am here, as always, with my friend Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. How are you? I'm great. This is episode 53, and we are recording it on Memorial Day, which is a perfect <laughs> day to talk about summer travel. So... Um, this episode will air kind of going into the first week of June. Some of you all are out of school already if your kids, if you have school aged kids. Um, and we're going to talk about how to go on vacation with your family and actually enjoy yourself. That's yes. kind of today's theme. It can be done. Um, it can be done. And it gets easier. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I'm thinking of this episode as like a pep talk for summer travel. I don't think we can possibly have a hack or a solution or a printable or a chart for every travel woe. But I, I think we can give people maybe a mindset shift about yes. how to go into it and maybe um, reduce your stress. That's kind of my, that's my goal here. Absolutely. Um, but first let's talk about what's going on in our houses this week. Um, I'll go first cause I'm really excited. Um, when this airs, it'll be, um, Tuesday into Wednesday and on Wednesday of this week, I am pulling my kids from school and we are going to Disneyland, Yay. which I feel like is a kind of rebellious thing to do for me. Cause I'm, I don't usually pull my kids from school. Um, and it's kind of around here because we live very close to Disney. It is rather taboo. I will say because, and I understand why, because if every family pulled kids to go to Disney to beat the weekend crowds, it would happen a lot. Um, right. On the other hand, it's my middle child's sixth birthday on Wednesday, and he wanted Disney instead of a party. And by the way, we don't go to Disney all the time. There are some people who have passes, but we don't really go any more often than people who don't live here. I mean, the last time we went was a year and a half ago. So um, I just thought, you know, the kids are young enough. It's the end of the school year. I'm just not going to feel bad about pulling them from a day of school. But there is a little bit, especially in around here, it's a little bit, I think, poo-pooed by teachers and the administration because I think it's been a problem in the past. So yes, I am it's like a slippery slope thing. I, it is a slippery slope and I'm contributing yeah. to that problem, but I'm excited. Well, so. I, I fully support your decision, but you know okay. that I'm a rebel. So yes, you, are, you would not be wrestling with the guilt. Probably <laughs> no, you would just do not it. really at all. No, <laughs> no. Uh, no. We've actually taken our kids to Disney world every other year. Well, I'm trying to remember if we did it last Less because my mother-in-law lives, you know, a couple hours from there. Yeah. And so she'll fly us all down every other year instead of doing Thanksgiving up here. And so we've taken the kids out of school for usually three days. We try to always pick the week where there's conferences. So there's a couple days not right. with no school anyway. <clears throat> but one year, the calendar that we got was not correct. 
Um, I think they changed it after the fact. There was like a contract yeah. issue or something. They changed it after the fact. So we'd already had all of our plane tickets booked and everything. And we took the kids out for a full week. And I did get some some pushback about that. But yeah. You know, I get, I understand why, but ultimately yeah. they're my kids. So ultimately it's you your know. family. Yeah, and exactly. School is just a piece of the puzzle. Like we say, I did. And the funny thing is like, I'm not going to ask my kids to lie. I did oh, kind of right. ask Allegra to keep it on the down low. And I, I couched that in um, more about her friends, like not wanting to brag or, or like make her friends jealous or do that. Right. But really it was because I wasn't sure I wanted her advertising it to her teacher who I right. love and respect. But I asked her today, I was like, Hey, have you mentioned the the plan this week to your teacher? And she's like, yep. yep. Like, okay. <laughs> There's no way she was going to be able to keep that in, you know? No. And yeah. I think you run into like a bigger like embarrassment if you do ask your kid to lie and then it comes out or something. So yeah. not really yeah. my style, but no. Anyway, we're excited, and it is my, it is Reed's sixth birthday on Wednesday, so happy birthday to Yay. my middle. So what's going on? You have uh, graduation coming up, correct? Yeah, man. Well, it's all of a sudden like the rubber's hitting the road. So Jacob's last um, day of school was Friday, last day of high school ever. Oh, my gosh. Um, I know. <laughs> Crazy. Will you tell the story about what he wore? Yeah, he wore the opposing – so we have a <laughs> we have a, a rivalry between our school and a school about five you know miles away. And it's a pretty bitter rivalry. Like they always are neck and neck in football and everything. And it's been it goes years, years, decades back. And he's got some friends from that school, so he has some of their, you know, their sportswear. Um, and he wore <laughs> the opposing school, the rivaling school's shirt to school on his last day. And then I was said, "Hey, Jacob, nice, nice choice there." And he's like, "What?" Like he didn't even. I don't think he even knew. He oh, just, it wasn't intentional. No, I totally thought it was intentional, but no. Yeah. When I talked to him about it later, he was like, "Oh, he goes, hey, I didn't really mean to, but that's pretty cool." <laughs> like, oh, jeez, this kid. <laughs> so he graduates on Sunday. Um, I totally thought this was our last week of school, and it's not for the other kids. I have been <laughs> counting on this being the last week, and it it totally isn't. There's another week after this, which shows you what kind of frame of mind I'm in right now. And yeah. um, I'm going to see the Dixie Chicks on <gasps> Saturday night. With Yay. my two best friends from high school, we love, you know, we grew up, not grew up, we were teenagers and later in our later teens when the Dixie Chicks were big and we were huge fans and then they were touring and we got right on that. So it's going to be interesting because we're driving to Detroit on Saturday night, watching it, staying over because we don't want to drive uh-huh. three and a half hours yeah. back and then getting up super early the next morning so we can get back here for Jacob's graduation. So oh, it's going fun. to be tight but uh it, it was kind of like one of those can I actually pull this off and there's no way I mean I have yeah so I actually have seen the Dixie Chicks in concert which is funny because I'm not a concert goer normally but I want to say it was 2003 probably like right before they that they made that comment that killed their careers probably right, right. around then so yes. like before that but after their first tour it was not like I feel like they were big big in they what, were big big 2000 well 2003 though I mean they had just had like their third album come out and they got, yeah. they were still huge. Like they were yeah, still yeah. riding the wave. Yeah. So, so yeah. um, and I saw them with my college roommate, Allison in Chicago and it was great. We had terrible, we, we went to quite a few concerts those couple of years and we always had the cheapest available seats at the United center. So it, that's the one thing is like, I feel like my next phase of concert going will be better seats, yeah. but um, they were great and I love them. So that yeah. will be so fun for you guys. I'm very excited. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. 
Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. So I guess that's it besides, you know, just easing into summer. We finally have, I'm going to talk about the weather again. Sorry. But it's finally hot here and it happened really fast. Like it went from, you know, 50s to 80 in like a day and a half. So I'm not really ready. Like everyone's hot and the clothes aren't really set up. You know, I I was kind of half-heartedly doing the the seasonal clothes swap, but now I kind of have to really get on it. So... That's where we are. Everything's just a little chaotic at the moment, but yeah, that time of year. It's that time um, of year. Well, before we kick kick this off, I wanted to thank people um, for all the response we've gotten to um, the episode fifty two, where we took listener questions. Because whenever we do those kind of Q and A with Megan and Sarah shows, we also get a bunch more listener questions, which is great. You guys are so great about emailing us, um, and I wanted to ask people to use that speak pipe. Um, option to leave us a voicemail. We mentioned it before when we did our 50th episode, people called in their messages, but you can use that. It's on our website and it's super easy to record yourself asking us a question. And then you could be featured on the show and it's like call in radio style. Super fun. You Um, can't miss it. It's a huge green button in the sidebar. I always say this because I have, you know, like stage fright about that kind of thing, you can re-record yourself if you're like, Bleh, and feel like you sound terrible, which we do that on the podcast on days. We have to start oh, yeah, over. So sometimes <laughs> we'll just trail so, off and one of us is like, I hate it. 
start over. <laughs> do over. That was so terrible. So you can give yourself a do over as many times as you want using that um, little call in feature. And it's right on our website at the mom hour in our sidebar there. Um, so we will seriously jump for joy if we get a listener question via SpeakPipe. We haven't yet. We got all your wonderful voicemails for our 50th show, but we have yet to get a call in question. So make our days, people. Yes, please. Yes. All right. Um, we're talking about summer travel, talking about traveling with your kids, and we're talking about how to reduce your own stress, um, mm-hmm. understanding that it is a little stressful, especially when your kids are babies and toddlers. But how can we maybe anticipate and give ourselves a break and actually enjoy going on vacation as our, as a family? Um, Megan, I want to start with your trip that you took last summer to the lake. Was it a lake house, a cabin? Yeah, it was a cabin, yeah. And because I remember you saying how easy and fun that trip was. So I thought it'd kind of be fun to hear about what family yeah. travel is like when you have nobody <clears throat> in diapers, nobody napping, nobody who needs snacks every 10 seconds. Yeah. And then we'll work backwards from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I have uh, w- many other kinds of stories as well. Um, exactly. Yeah, no, so last year we went up north um, to about six. Well, technically, it's a six and a half hour drive. But you know, when you, you count stopping for dinner and all that kind of stuff it was probably more like eight um, up to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. And we basically just hung out at a cabin on a lake for a week and did like nothing really. I mean, the kids are all big enough now that they could go get their own um, little paddle boats out and put their life jackets on. And I just sat on the deck and watched and the lake wasn't very big. So we could Mm. really, as long as we kind of told them the parameters where they could go. Um, The only one I didn't let do that was Clara, but if she wanted to go out with a teenager, she could. So Mm -hmm. it was so easy. It was really a very relaxing vacation. Um, It wouldn't have been relaxing. Well, let me take this back. It was one of those kind of places where there's like a fence, like a, a deck area that kind of surrounds almost the whole house area mm-hmm. and, and had a, a, like a little latch on the door. So even with a toddler, I think it could have been okay. Um, cause I think they, I, it wouldn't have been like an easy escape for them, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, but, but you'd always have to make sure the door was closed. Exactly. You'd always have to make sure you yeah. wouldn't, you'd have to make sure they didn't follow a sibling out the door. And I basically just like prepped meals and cooked most of the time and then sat on the deck. And once I'd go out, I'd, you know, I don't really fish. I'd go out a couple times with the kids and pretend to fish. But, you know, having seven people on a canoe is a little, <laughs> we tried that once and I was like, yeah, you guys, I feel like I'm going to topple this. So Sounds like a YouTube or, sensation yes. in the making. Or like I felt like I was going to get hooked with a fish hook. I was super paranoid. Oh, yeah. So... I just did that with them a couple of times. And then at night, the kids would stay inside. It was so funny because there was really, I mean, there was spotty cell and spotty Wi-Fi up there. So I could check work if I had to, but really no one was on any devices or anything. And the TV situation was there was like two channels and one happened to be in the middle of a Simpsons marathon, which I mean, I haven't watched the Simpsons and I used to love that show, but I haven't watched it in probably 15, 20 years. I mean, it's been a really long time. So the kids just kind of had that on the background and they thought it was just like, so nostalgic and you yeah. know like it's from a different era really retro. yes yeah, very retro so they watched that kind of like on a loop and they played checkers and chess which i just bought i didn't pack our own stuff we just bought it like a five dollar chess set yep. at some grocery store um on our way into town and checkers and they did that and then john and i would go out sit up by the fire at night and just oh nice hang out and have a beer and talk and it was great it was really fun but you know my kids are old my kids yeah. are old now so well and different. i think yeah. And what's hard is 
um, go, doing travel or vacations that are supposed to be quote unquote relaxing where there's not a lot of stuff to do is where it gets really hard with little kids. Because yeah. while, while that seems idyllic to us to have no screens, no Wi-Fi, and not a lot of pre-programmed activities, that could be a holy nightmare if you are parenting little kids. And, and you touched on some of like the safety issues. So it's even right. less relaxing than being at home because you kind of know the child-proofing situation and your kids know how to amuse themselves a little bit more in your own home, but when you get to that kind of scenario. So, um, well, thank you for giving us a preview (laughs) of what it can be like. Yeah. Um, All right. So I have a few notes here. I wanted to start with kind of the planning and packing to get out of town because I think no matter what where you're going and all vacations look different, everybody's got to pack to get out of town. And a couple of things that I've learned over the years that might be helpful. Um, one is that I, I used to be a really last minute packer and kind of pride myself on that. Um, and one of the reasons was I kind of wanted to wait to the last minute to do laundry, to have everything clean so I could have my choice of what to bring. And, you know, I wanted to be able to use everything up to the last minute, but somewhere around like the second kid, probably I realized it was not serving me well. And I would be doing laundry like the day before we left, or maybe the two days before we left. And I'd end up with this huge, huge pile of family laundry. And then I'd try to do the thing where you pack from the clean clothes pile. Cause yeah. I'm like, I love efficiency. So I think, well, this is great. I won't have to fold it, put it away and then pack it. I'm just going to pack from this giant jumble on my bed. And I really tried that for a long time and realized now I need everything to be put away where it goes. And then I need to walk into the closets. Cause I still pack for all three of my kids clothes wise, just, excuse me, just because I know what the weather's going to be like. And, right. you know, Allegra would probably love to pack her own suitcase, but it wouldn't really be what she needed to wear. Um, so it's a lot of people to pack for. So I do now really not leave things till the last minute. I probably start doing laundry and getting everything put away three or four days before. And my kids have a lot of, they have a lot of clothes. They just get a lot of hand-me-downs and Reed wears a school uniform. So I am usually able to set aside their outfits for the trip, even three or four days ahead of time. And they're not running out of underwear or anything. Yeah. Um, So that's one thing I've started to do is just be a lot more ahead of the game, which maybe it seems common sense, but I used to really kind of like think that the last minute was somehow more efficient or, kind of pride myself on being able to do it at the last minute. And I no longer try to do that. So that's one. I don't know what your style is there. Kind of the opposite. Well, <laughs> let, let me think about that. Okay. So first of all, we, um, just to back up, we used to travel a lot with the kids. Like when they were really little, um, we went on road trips all the time. Um, so I became, travel for us wasn't really ever, I mean, I'm not going to say it wasn't a big deal, but it just was for like a, a while I was doing a lot of travel writing. So we mm-hmm. were constantly get it, hitting the road for three or four hour little trips that maybe would be like a weekend long. And this is when we had, I think Claire, like kind of when we had Clara was when we stopped doing that for a variety of reasons. One being we could really no longer um, fit in hotel rooms anymore. It was just right. kind of getting ridiculous. It wasn't as fun anymore. And also yeah. because we had two little kids and a baby. It wasn't like we just had a toddler and a baby. We right. had like a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a newborn. Yeah. And something about that just tipped it over for us, and it yeah. wasn't fun. But I really got very lackadaisical about packing, and I'm not really a stressor by nature so much, so right. it was okay. Um, I definitely still – I do pack out of the clean clothes pile, but not like – the way I'll do it is, you know, I'm usually someone who does laundry – 
in little fits and starts anyway. So like I'll yeah. do like a, you know, one load a day rather than yeah like one marathon session a week. So I would just be kind of looking in through the pile and I'll see something and think, oh, that I should probably just pack that. And I'll pull it out, fold it, set it aside. Right. And the other thing about us is we always have suitcases in our bedroom. Like they never <laughs> make it out of our room because John and I also travel a lot. Yeah, just indi- travel a lot. Individually. So we've got usually an active suitcase, at least one yeah. inactive, inactivity at all times, um, yeah. whether it's still being like cleaned out or it's like all the clothes are out of it, but there's still like for me, and this is funny because I just did this this morning, there's still like makeup wipes. And I'm thinking now, should I just keep those in the suitcase because yeah. they're so convenient to have when I travel? But what if I want them on my dresser because I might use, you know, those kinds of things that I really probably overthink sometimes. But I, I also have an, a suitcase <laughs> in my bedroom right now. So okay. just full, full disclosure, we don't yeah. travel as much as you guys. And we tend to do bigger trips, fewer and farther between. But yeah. I do have a suitcase in my bedroom right now. Yeah. And so then we'll have like, so I would... The other thing that we did for a very long time and now haven't changed that much, honestly, is we try to fit – the kids do not each have their own suitcase. We have two to three suitcases, and depending on the trip, usually pack everybody into two to three suitcases. Mm-hmm. So the reasons for that are many. Um I found it's good to leave kids hands free for helping with other stuff. Yeah. And I find that the more suitcases I have available, the more I want to fill them with things that I don't necessarily need. Um, And we do tend to do smaller, shorter trips. So like for us, we have a big one. And for a while, all four of the boys' clothes were going in the big suitcase. The reason about that is our boys are very – and it's funny because having more boys and fewer girls in like having that swapped in your family, I bet changes the dynamic dynamic completely. But – our kids, our boys are really, um, they don't really care what they wear. They often yeah. wear each other's clothes. <laughs> so there's a lot of interchangeability yeah. going on and no one gives a crap. And so I got tired of trying to separate everything out. And then in the end, they were all wearing each other's stuff anyway. So usually what we'll have is like a pair of jeans, a pair of shorts, you know, depending on the climate of where we go. Yeah. But we tend to go to warmer places if it's, you know, or if it's like winter, we're going someplace warmer. If it's, or if we're just going to a friend's house, then we just pack like it's, the weather here. Um, right. but like maybe a pair of jeans, a pair of shorts, a couple of t-shirts, something to sleep in, which could be one of the t-shirts. Right. Yes. And then a hoodie. And really yeah. like it, sometimes that's it. So yeah. it just, I don't know, it doesn't get too out of hand. And then the thing that we'll do while, and then John and I will take the smaller suitcase. And now Clara sometimes has her like, or sometimes I'll pack with Clara and John takes his overnight bag. We mix it up a little bit, Yeah. but, um, this is like, I'm getting way into the weeds on this, but I guess, I guess I'm just describing it because yeah. I feel like it can work out a lot of different ways. And then as when I'm there, like when we're um, at some point, there's that tipping point between more clo- more clean clothes and fewer dirty clothes, yeah. you know, like, and it tips in the other direction. I love to do laundry. If it's at all possible to find a place where you can do laundry while mm-hmm. you're on vacation, I love coming home with clean clothes. But if I yeah. can't do that, I'll take, I'll start packing all the clean clothes into the smaller suitcase and start filling up the bigger suitcase with the dirty yeah. stuff to keep yeah. it all separated. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, you actually wrote a post a couple years ago in our summer shortcut series about how you pack light and how light you pack for your large family. So I'll link to that in the show notes. I yeah. pulled it up um, just a few minutes ago, but um, I touched on a lot of the things that you were just talking about. And I'm thinking about too, when you transition from babies to toddlers to older kids, there's like, we get so trained to need to be prepared for everything in every moment when we have babies and toddlers. I mean, they might need a change of outfit, like on a 10 minute errand to the grocery store sometimes. Um, and so it, 
it is a little hard to untrain yourself. And I'm kind of right in that phase where you realize, no, one pair of pajamas will do even for a four or five day, four or five night trip. Like they're not getting them dirty. We can do laundry instead of four pairs of pajamas, you know, just in case or, you know, extra outfits for this and that. So it is, it does take a little retraining. Um, but I think you guys have done it really smart, which is just pretty minimal on the packing. It's it's pretty minimal. And you know, there's always, there's always uh, exceptions. Like if we're going someplace and I know we're going to go to a nice dinner, I definitely want to have every kid have a collared shirt. And that's like, that'll be the thing where everyone it's like the last minute and suddenly no, miraculously no one owns a collared shirt anymore where I know that they do. Like they exist. <laughs> I know they're there somewhere, but no one can find it. Those kinds of things. But you know, even that we've gone places before and not been fully prepared, like not really been packed for whatever event we're going to end up right. doing. It's not that big of a deal to run target and get no. a shirt you would, that the kid will wear again anyway. It's not like yes. you're, you know, buying stuff you wouldn't use or won't use. Agreed. Same thing with things like floaties and stuff like that. I really try hard not just – I mean, I like – like we always have a beach bag packed anyway because we live near a beach. So we usually have that kind of stuff already ready to go, and we'll just put that in the back of the Yukon. Um, I recommend when you have little kids having a car with a big old trunk or a big back end in it because, man, it's nice to be able to just keep stuff in there. But um, but if we forget, we've forgotten the floaties before, and we just go to a drugstore and pick up some new ones. Yeah, that's – yeah. Good point. Well, we've done a lot of it, I'm it's occurring to me how different our family travel's been from yours, which is good for this episode because we have done a lot more air travel than short road trips, long road travel. I mean, long air travel like across the country with mm. little kids, and we often are going for an event like a wedding. We've had cross country like family weddings multiple times, like East Coast, West Coast. Um so we're going a long way. We're packing for specific like fancy events. Yeah. Um that's very I think I'm different. trying to justify why I'm way more controlling and stressed it. out about this. It's just, it's a different kind but of really, travel. But really, that's my nature. But it is a different kind of travel. Um, so one thing on the note of being a more, like, stressed out person in general, um, one thing that really helps me leading up to a trip is to get stuff out of my head and write it down. Like, the lists start coming in my head, and I'm pretty good at keeping things in my head. And I'm talking about things to bring that aren't clothes. I mean, clothes are one thing. It's not that hard to pack a suitcase full of clothes. But with babies and toddlers, sometimes we bring our little white noise machine for sleep. Um, Sometimes, like for longer trips, I've brought like, you know, Tylenol and a thermometer if we're in that phase where everybody's getting sick all the time. I thought you were going to say you brought Tylenol and a thermos. Yeah. (laughs) Like Tylenol in a thermos, you in know, a thermos, just, a like, thermos. just so you could sip it on the road. <laughs> or Tylenol at the ready. <laughs> yeah, sorry, go on. Um, so like basically your worst case scenario travel packer is kind of my style. Um, and that adds up. There's a whole bunch of stuff that doesn't fall under clothing and pajamas. You know, the pool floaties and the whatever, books and a few toys if, we're, if we've got space. So um, because I tend to think overthink those things it really helps to write them down um and and eventually I then share that list with my husband who's really good at just checking things off a list I think we've talked about that before he's not so good at thinking of all the things that's my domain um but he's really good at if it's on a list he will make sure it's in the suitcase or he will pack it so that's actually a good um kind of transition I wanted to talk about like harnessing your strengths and working with your co-parent when you travel do you guys have like your roles like are you is is john i mean i know john's the detailed person yeah but do you guys kind of have your domains when it comes to 
managing getting out the door for family travel or while you're traveling? Well, as you're talking about this, I'm thinking how interesting it is when it's when the man is the planner as opposed to when the woman is the planner. And again, you know, whenever we talk about gender roles in the show, I feel like I have to you know, justify and, and say, I don't mean to generalize. I know it doesn't look like this in every family, but typically the families that I know, moms end up getting put in charge of packing just because who knows why it's just, it just ends up happening. Maybe because we're managing the laundry more are often, or maybe we're, we tend to be the one who knows where the clothes are and, and, and is more like actively doing that stuff. Um, so in our house, it looks very different because John, Unless it was a big trip where he had a specific reason to want to pack. Like for him, it'd be electronics. Like if we were, say we were going to take a bunch of camera equipment on a trip mm-hmm. because we wanted to, you know, shoot some video or take a can like take a bunch of pictures while we were there. He would be very detailed about that stuff, but still would probably leave all the clothes and stuff to me. So right. a big part of that piece is kind of missing. There's no list for me to work off of. I'm just working right. out of my head. And then one thing that is interesting though is I'll be the person who, like, at the last minute wants to do something like toss a toy in a bag or, you know, tell the kids to grab a book. And for him, it's like, nope, once we've sort of gotten stuff in the car and everyone's in the car, he mentally kind of can't handle having new additions. And okay. so, like, because in his head, even though it was never a list we were working off of, in his head, the packing is done, the car is full. Right. Um, he's also really good with packing food. So like last year when we went up North, we did bring a bunch of food and he's great about having like a list that he's going off for that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, which worked out really well because we ended up, you know, half an hour from a grocery store that sucked and then like an hour from a decent grocery store. So right. had we not had some of those items on hand, it would have been a real pain, um, having to go get them. But right. we work very differently. We're like the, we're like the opposite of you and Brian, except I'm the one on the front end. Like right. I'm getting everything started and then he's kind of yeah. filling in. So you, it probably looks a lot more chaotic. <laughs> but but that doesn't stress you out. Because no, one it of your superpowers is like being calm in chaos. So mm-hmm. it works out, right? Yeah, it doesn't really stress me out. And again, like I think that's – I think what you can tell is either way, stuff sometimes gets forgotten or every possibility or- isn't covered and it's okay. Totally. Totally. Um, well, I think no matter what it looks like with your co-parent or even your, I've traveled actually several times where my parents are helping me, like Brian doesn't come with us, but then my parents are there and they're like my co-parent sometimes. But, um, I think giving each other a little extra like kindness and patience, Brian and I have gotten better with over the years. Um, because I think of everything and my job is to kind of think of everything I can, can sometimes be, not so patient when he's not on the same page as me. Like Mm -hmm. you're not in my head. You didn't think through this, like, because I have thought through it, but at the same time, it's like a liability. Like it's not so fun to be in my brain that thinks of everything all the time. Like I, you know, I often wish to be out of it. So kind of acknowledging that you each have your strengths and letting each person do their thing. Brian's really good at being calm in the moment. Like once we're actually traveling, he's actually much better at being in charge. Like I've thought of everything up until we pack and leave. But, um, actually this is a really funny story. He reminded me when I told him we were going to talk about this, that Allegra was probably five and we were in an airport and we, we did the whole, so we probably have five, three and infant and we navigated securities, which involves like folding up the stroller, you know, taking everything out of bags and, um, getting our little family all the way through security. Um, and again, we've done a lot of air travel, so it wasn't the first time, but Allegra kind of being the observer she is kind of watched it all as we made our way through. And Brian is definitely the 
like the cruise ship director at that point. He's kind of like telling me where to stand with the baby and here's, he's doing everything. And we get through the other side and Allegra like pauses and she goes, okay, I get it. So at the airport, daddy's in charge. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Everywhere else, mom is the one telling everyone what to do. But once we're at the airport, daddy's in charge. And that's actually really true. Like, and part of it's because he's really calm in the moment. It's also because he travels a ton. So he's in airports all the time. He like literally knows where every bathroom is. And, but, um, I guess my point of all that is if you can be on the same page with your co-parent, be a little bit patient and kind and respectful, know that you probably have different complementary styles. Cause a lot of couples do. Um, and also one thing I think we've learned over the years is to have a little like debrief or a meeting a day or two before where I can like really tell him or show him like ev- all the planning I've done and be like, okay, we're ready. Here's why we're ready. Like, let's talk through what time we're going to leave. And again, because a lot of it times it's been happening on my end and I need to bring him in to the fold. So I think that just cuts down on bickering with your spouse and stress. If you can kind of go into it on the same, on the same page, but also know that some amount of bickering with your spouse is part of it. Wouldn't you say? (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to happen. There's going to be some tension. Um, it's funny. I'm thinking about, you know, we, we've only really ever flown pretty short distances and the kids, well, Claire was a toddler the first time It, it, it just happened to be a super smooth, easy um, security line. And since then she's been older and it's not really ever been a big deal. Um, but where we've had the mo- like a lot of tension is that John always drives cause he hates to be a passenger and I'm fine with that. I don't need to drive. I, I don't mind driving. I'll drive if he gets tired or whatever, but it usually works out that he drives. But that has, especially when the kids were little, put me in the position of being the kid calmer, mm-hmm. the playlist manager. Right. That's a newer one. Cause we didn't used yeah. to have, you know, streaming, services right. we just had a cd or whatever the playlist manager and the navigator and i am a mm. terrible navigator i'm really a very instinct like an instinctual driver like i have a great sense of direction on my own but and i follow road signs really well and stuff like that i'm terrible at using gps terrible like i look at the map and it makes no sense to me like it's moving and we're moving you know if i had a book map that right. i would move that makes sense to me because i can say okay north south southeast west like see it on the map and like lay it kind of lay it out the way that makes sense. But using any kind of GPS device to help, I'm just useless. And we've gotten in some kind of really bitter arguments about it. And I finally had to be like, you need to figure this stuff out before we get on the road. Like I can't do it. I literally can't do it. I'm holding the phone like, and then there's kids talking to me in the back. It's really hard if you have those other jobs. I was going to say like, yeah. Kids talking to me at the back, wanting me to do this, that, and the other thing, open a snack or, you know, when they were younger, babies crying. And that's a very stressful job being in that passenger seat sometimes. So um, I think, you know, if if you end up in that position and feel like there's too much, like, being thrown at you sometimes. And then John will, you know, if there's bad traffic, he becomes kind of a stressy driver. So mm-hmm. it, it can be kind of a toxic environment sometimes if we don't yeah. think of that stuff ahead of time. And be really prepared going in. And also at some point you just got to tell the kids, shut up. I'm not playing any more music. Right. You know, (laughs) I'm, and I've said things before, like there is a window between us. I can't hear you, you know? So (laughs) I will sometimes like resort to that and just say, I can't talk to anyone right now, please just let me have some quiet because I'm trying to look at this map that I can't figure out how to operate. I don't know. It's a mental block for me, but. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them. 
which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Kaya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Kaya's chewable kids' vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip on Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip on Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code themomhour 15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. No, well, that's funny. I have terrible instinctual direction. Terrible. Like I have no, I'm spatially, super spatially challenged and I'm not good. I never know where I am, but I'm really good at maps. So I'm like, yeah, you're John. Opposite. You're, yeah. you're totally John. He, he, he gets on the highway going the wrong way. Like a lot, <laughs> like a lot more than you would think. But yeah. I think it's because if for him, it maps make sense. And yeah, Max, yeah, maps the way sense. I did it last time isn't even on his in his mind. And I'm always like, oh, well, well, what was, where did I come from? You know, I'll just go back that way. And I don't think right. he, it doesn't work that way. So it's so yeah. interesting. Yeah. It is really interesting. Um, do you guys, okay. do you guys split up driving or do you guys usually just uh, No, he drive? drives, but yeah. I am a very, this will shock zero people listening. I'm a very nervous passenger. I always think that we're going to rear end someone and there's a lot of traffic. The only road trip we really do is up to Santa Barbara where I grew up, where my parents live, which is about three hours. And you have to drive through LA, so there's always traffic. And I am a terrible passenger because I. Do you make that always, sound like, like yeah, that sound? I do. Yeah, and it's. Yeah. I know that I do it. I really should just take some sort of medication before being a passenger. <laughs> well, then you wouldn't have um, to deal with the kids either. You would just yeah, be out. I don't mind driving, but Brian, again, he he drives a ton for work. He drives all over, you know, Southern California, so he just knows the roads really well. I have done that drive myself with the kids because it's short enough that it's we don't usually stop. It's easy to do, um, so I don't mind driving. And it does. I am a lot less nervous as a driver than I am as a passenger, but he does usually drive. Um, 
Okay, I feel like we should move on to when you get where you're going. Yeah, we're still we're, we're still, still working still on. We're like 40 minutes into the show and we're still packing and getting we're people still in the car. Packing. Hey, that's a big part of it though. Yeah. Getting out the door. Um, okay, I'm going to tell you like three observations about the times that are always like worse than you think and then the times that are better than you think they're going to be with little kids. The day before you leave, which we've spent 35 minutes discussing, is always like more stressful for me than the actual travel day. And I've learned to use TV liberally on the day. I always think like, well, the kids are going to zone out on screens while we're traveling because we pretty much like let the rules fly out the window. But when you really need to put on a show for little kids is the day before you leave because that day is just chaos. Um, the travel day for us is almost always better than I think with little kids there. Everyone's like on their a game. Like once you're, once we're going somewhere, especially with airports and stuff, it's just feels good to be actually going there. And sometimes, especially if you're nervous about flying with little babies and toddlers, you build it up in your head and it almost always goes better than you think. Then the first night of sleep is usually terrible for us. Um, and the day after we get there is usually hard because people are adjusting to time zones and, having traveled the day before. So I've kind of learned to like understand that flow and then things get way better. So, um, the travel day is usually, like I said, better than, better than you think, but rough nights of sleep the first night or two. And that is a, that's been a hard one for me to deal with. Like I don't have the best sleepers. We've gone across the country several times where time zones are messed up. They don't sleep in when they should, when it's a time zone difference, right? Like just because it's three in the morning, their time, they'll still wake up at six somehow in yeah. East coast time. So I think kind of just going in with that, like accepting, like accepting that there's just going to be times that feel really frustrating. And then it does like, if you're gone for four or five or six days or a week, it just gets so much easier after that first like night and a day. And when you're planning activities, I guess my tip would be to know that there is some buffer time um, to not load up your first day with a bunch of fun stuff to do, but maybe put that a little bit further ahead that I guess if there's a tip in there somewhere. So for long road trips, I, it's uh, very different, I have to say. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, for us, great. well, and yeah, because like when we're flying somewhere, we know we have to get to the airport by a certain time. Right. We usually finish up packing the night before where everyone's ready. You know, we're all like, like you said, our best behavior, like everyone goes right. to bed, everyone's excited because flying is like a thing. It's like a big deal. Yeah. Um, driving just is like getting in your car. So right. we tend to be a lot more lackadaisical on the mornings of a, a big car trip. Also, usually there's no hard and fast deadline that we have to get on the road. So we right. always find ways to fill up the time. Like we always yeah. end up adding stuff in at the last minute. Like, I don't know. We'll decide we should go get the dog a bone because she's right. going to be in the car and she needs a bone. Or like... John wants to go to the car wash because, I don't know, we're going to be driving, so the car needs to be cleaned. <laughs> I don't know. There's always something. Oh, and then the the best one is we've spent the whole morning loading up the car. We may have even packed the night before, but, like, we're loading up the car. And it's just taking forever, getting everything in right. Um, maybe we're trying to put bikes on the car, and that always takes forever. Everyone gets in the car, and then someone is like, we never ate lunch. And because we thought we were going to leave right. at 10, and instead now it's noon – now everyone's starving to right. death. So right. I have really kind of come, if it's a road trip situation, anything, you know, more than like an overnight where we're just throwing crap in a bag. Um, I've really started to just be like that first day is a wash. We are, yeah. this is, we are doing this for the sake of getting there and having yeah. as much fun as we can on the way there. I am not right. going to have any expectations. I'm right. not going to try to say we're going to get on the road by eight and be there right. by three and then have some event. No way. Right. We get there right. when we get there. Right. Um, if that means we have to stop, 
half an hour outside of, and we do this all the time. If we have to stop like half an hour away from our house for lunch, we'll do it because yay, we got on the road. And there's actually, it's kind of funny. There's this Arby's about 25 minutes away from us and we don't have one mm-hmm. in our town and all of my kids love, and John loves Arby's. So they like, look at this, like a big treat. Like yeah. we made it. We actually got on the road. Now yeah. we can go to Arby's. <laughs> so 20 and, uh, minutes later, and 20 minutes later, which, and you know, part of me is like, Oh guys, we just got on the road. Can we not log some right. hours first? But really, it makes no difference because we're going to eat yeah, at some point the anyway. Biggest hurdle. Yeah, and the biggest hurdle is physically getting out the door. So, exactly. Yeah. Once we've Why done that and we're all you know on our way, that <laughs> night we usually just plan to maybe eat dinner out, maybe go to the pool if there's a pool where we're going. Um, we we just plan it's probably going to be after dark when we get in. Even if we thought we were going to get in at 6, you know, who right. knows? Something probably right. is going to happen. So for road trips, I don't even count the first day, really. It's right. like a bonus right. if we get any. And also, right. I want to allow for a little bit of spontaneity. Like if there's a cool yeah. roadside park or um, lookout or something to check out that I didn't even think about, I want to be able to do that. So right. we keep that first day really flexible. And then – because we usually go to bed early that night because we get to the place and have nothing else planned. <laughs> right. And everyone's been spending way too much time together. So everyone just kind of wants to retreat to a corner. Um, the next day usually is okay. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't say we sleep yeah. super great, but there's not the same kind of stuff involved. And yeah. now that my kids aren't nappers anymore, yeah, I don't have to worry about them taking that like extended six hour nap in the car yeah. that then ruins yes. their sleep at night. That was right. an issue for a while, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Now it's just like kind of like, I don't know, we go to bed a little later than usual, but there's no time zone difference. So it kind of the next day just doesn't, it's not that big of a deal. It's just that stressful morning of getting out the door for us. That's always the biggest deal. Yeah. It's so, it is so interesting. I'm glad we're doing this where we just have such different, uh, experiences. I don't think I ever went on a road trip ever with, um, babies or toddlers, like yeah. not, you know, longer than a couple hours. And even that we didn't have a lot of, we were in Arizona. We flew to everyone. Yeah. Anyway. Um, well, I when we lived, to, when, oh, when our kids were really little, we lived eight to 10 hours away from family. We were in the yeah. car constantly. So yeah. we just got really used to it. Yeah. And, well, and I'm pretty used to flying. Cool. I mean, fly, yeah. there's some parts of flying with babies and toddlers that are not fun. The security line, getting through security, and taxiing before you take off when the kids like think they're on the plane, but you're not oh, in the yes. sky. So you can't really do anything yet. Now you can still use your electronics, but remember for a while you yeah, had to put electronics away. away. Yep. Um, plus you're just, you've just been through the airport rigmarole. So everyone is a little spent from that. Um, and then once you're in the sky, like most babies and toddlers do come calm down. There's a window of time. I call it nine months to two years where <laughs> it's pretty much horrible to fly from crawling from when they start crawling to when they can watch a movie, which I call about nine months to two, uh, is not fun, no matter what you do and how many snacks you bring. Yeah. It's just not it's fun. It's also just not fun in general. If you It's not fun in me. general in life. So. I mean, that's a really tough age. <laughs> yeah. You and I have professed our not love for one to two-year-olds. Um, I mean, we love them, but we don't we love, love their, those little humans, but we don't love the stage. Um, oh, but I wanted to, since you touched on naps, and I am a self-professed like crazy nap schedule person. Um, I will say that looking back, um, I really spent way too much time looking at flight departure and arrival times. Right. And trying to get out when around someone naps. was going to sleep. And then of course they'd always not sleep when I thought. And, and crash in the car after you landed or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or fall asleep on the way to the airport. And I'd yep. be like, no, it's not yet. I booked this flight just because it was nap time. You know, typical me, but, um, 
But I will say I don't regret trying to keep a relatively normal nap schedule once we're there. So like the flying day is a wash. Don't try to book your flights around nap time. I've done it. It doesn't really make any difference. Um, but I, I don't regret that I've spent several trips um, really making a concerted effort to make sure a kid got a nap or a baby maybe even got two, one in the car. And um, Because I, my kids are happier and I am a lot happier if my kids are not overtired. So yes, absolutely. if you're that person like who's asking your in-laws for a quiet room and being crazy about like staying home from something to give your kid a nap, I have been there and it's not for everybody, but for me, it was more, if we're talking about reducing stress, it was, it helped my stress level to know my kid was going to get a good nap. Um, then it would have to enjoy whatever outing I might've missed out on or whatever. So yeah. I've spent, I've spent vacations like in a dark room with a napping <laughs> baby. Yeah. Well, you know what, what, what this is emerging from this, Sarah, which I feel like is the, the, no matter what we talk about, it always comes back to this. Um, it's like you are who you are. So be that person yeah. on vacation or, or at home, like mm-hmm. just how you can't change yourself into a different person when you have kids to be like the right. mom running through a field of daisies and in her little ashy dress or whatever. Uh, you're still the same mom as you are at yes. home when you're traveling. So whatever yeah. that is, like if you're a little more lackadaisical about stuff like me, I couldn't turn myself into an organized machine every time we travel. I'm more right. of like, a, I'll do my best and then fly by the seat of my pants if, once I get there because that works for me. And that right. obviously wouldn't work for you. So right. it's just like, you know, who, like have maybe put a little more preparation or thought into because you won't necessarily be close to um, – places to shop or your own, you know, right. you won't be by your own closet. So you do need to think about it a little bit more, but if whatever it is that would work for you at home is probably what's going to work for you. Yeah. On that's vacation. So true. I wasn't a stickler about naps as much. And I knew that sometimes that meant I'd have to stay up later with a cranky baby or I'd have to leave the party. You know what right. I mean? And that was okay with me, but yeah. you know, that was, that's cause that's me. Yeah. So. And the end result is that you make it through your vacation. So exactly. um, <laughs> I think I've gotten better over the years about kind of owning my right to enjoy my own vacation. And I think that's what we should kind of wrap up on is when you're, you might have to think back a few years, but when you're parenting on a family vacation, it is hard work. I feel like yeah. the last like year has been a huge turning point for me where I still have to, we still have to hands-on parent for sure. But I have enjoyed myself on like last summer's and this year's trips so much more than any other year. And again, for those who might not listen all the time, my youngest is three. Um, and that's a, that's a huge turning point. But when you have multiple toddlers or babies, vacations are hard work. And I guess the, the little ways that I've found to claim some of my own enjoyment, number one goes back to being on the same page with your co-parent. I am often the default parent, um, in terms of like making sure everyone's got their water bottle and like getting, cause your kids still have to eat. They still need right. snacks. Like you're not, you're not putting your feet up on the lake house porch deck till you're where you are, Megan. It takes a while. And, um, I sometimes need to say to Brian and, and this is not to throw my husband under the bus cause he's a super great involved parent, but I sometimes have to say to him, like, I need an hour or two where I'm not the default parent. Can yes. you, Take, take over, over this lunch and read to the yeah. baby for this nap time. And I am, I'm just not on duty right now. And, and I owe it to myself to do that because it's not his fault for not volunteering. I mean, I like, obviously, you know, we can look to each other, make sure check in with each other, but it's really my responsibility to say, you know what? I feel like I've been working really hard 
and I'm on vacation. So I'd like to go for a walk with my mom on the beach, or I'd like to like wake up this morning whenever I wake up. So you do morning duty. And so I think, um, there's no easy way to solve that, but knowing that it's hard work and being okay with having to actually claim a little enjoyment time for yourself, whatever that looks like, um, I think is important. I totally agree. And it reminds me of that onion article that goes around every year. Um, and yes, it shows like a mom so staring good. out a window and it, it, the, so the headline is like mother spends vacation doing chores in closer proximity to cho- to the shore or something. Yes, and so it's good. just this mom like staring out the window, looking at the beach, doing all the chores in the house. And I want to say it doesn't really matter what age your kids are. It is very easy to fall into that. Yeah. It looks different when they're babies because you have to take care of them and toddlers, right. you like have to keep them from running into the water. But it's very easy for us to continue to take on sort of non-essential chores even as they get older and forget that we're on vacation too. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree that you have to sometimes ask your spouse to step in. You have to ask if the kids get older, they can yeah. also help yeah. out. And some stuff just has to get, you know, I had all these grand ideas about the meals I was going to cook on vacation last year. And we ended up in the end having like hot dogs and tacos most nights because right. it was easy and I didn't want to cook all the time. I was right. just not, that wasn't what I was there for. So you know, kind of just planning, allowing for some last minute nap, don't want to do that. Let's get pizza or whatever it is and making it as easy on yourself as you can so that you can have fun because it's hard enough. Right. It's hard enough as it is. There's no reason to have a Pinterest perfect vacation um, where you're doing, you know, like all this home ec kind of stuff on the road when, you know, it's, it's just enough work just to be on the road. Right. Or in there. And it totally depends on where you are, I guess, the next thing I'm going to say. But kids, uh, let's remind ourselves that little kids, toddlers and preschoolers can have a lot of fun with a very little bit of um, quote unquote like vacation fun. Like they don't need to go to the science museum. They could rip the pages out of the hotel phone book and be really happy. Um, So just remembering, sometimes we get excited for our little tiny kids to have these... uh, older kid vacation experiences, like going kayaking or, and I'm actually having a lot of fun now that I legitimately have kids who enjoy those kinds of things. But same thing, we've talked about this with Disney before, like all people taking tiny, tiny kids to Disney who won't remember it. So, um, you can give yourself a break if your kids are one, three and five and know that there will be vacations where you can all go out and enjoy the, whatever it is. Um, and they'll be fine. So letting them, Can I make another point about that really quick is the whole like, and I did this a ton. Like I said, I did travel writing when my kids were really little. So I would go to cities with a packed itinerary. My friend Mm -hmm. who was a travel writer and I called it like the joyless death march because it would be, (laughs) you had to see every, you know, every cultural attraction you had to see in that town. And I, for, and I'm not, I don't regret any of it. We saw a lot of cool stuff that otherwise I wouldn't have seen, but I did start to realize like, wow, you know, science museums for kids, there's not that much difference from, from one to the next. My two-year-old isn't going to be like, oh my gosh, do you remember when I went to the one in St. Louis as opposed to the one in Chicago or whatever? They they don't care. And so a lot of the stuff are like kayaking. I mean, sometimes that kind of thing is better saved for a day trip in your own area where you just show up and do it and go home. And it's not like part of this whole other thing. Like sometimes those experiences don't have to be part of a vacation at all. So I don't know. Just another way to think about it. Unless it's truly unique to the area you're going to, a lot of those experiences can just happen in your backyard and don't need to be kind of pigeonholed in. 
Yeah, it's so true. And and I'm thinking of things like standing in line or finding a parking spot. You have a lot more bandwidth for that kind of stuff when you're not also on a huge trip vacation. So right. like just like you're saying, doing it in your own backyard when you when it's a one time event as opposed to cramming everything in. That's so smart. Um, and I would just say, yeah, wait till the kids are a little older. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's no downside to that. I feel yeah, like. Um, and little kids are very easily amused. Um, so. Um, let's see, what else have we not talked about? I was going to confess something that I actually love the day after the day or two after we get back, especially from summer vacations. Now hear me out. Cause re-entry is hard if you're getting right back into like school and work schedules. But if you have a little buffer, one of the greatest things about taking little kids away from their homes is they get back and they haven't played with their toys in a while oh, yeah. and slept in their own beds. And so behavior and sleep and like my kids playing together really nicely because they haven't seen their stuff. So I always get like a great day and a half, day or two. Um, I get so much done. I'm like, you know, happy to be home. But I do think that reentry can be hard on the flip side if you're coming right back into. So knowing that everybody has to adjust on the back end and kind of planning for that same thing, use TV liberally if you need yes. to. Um, and give yourself a break on the re-entry side too. If you yeah. don't, if you can't actually give yourself a buffer day, I, I mean, I recommend it if you can, but if you can't, then at least just order pizza for dinner or, yeah. You know. And I'll spend a lot of that day. Like I usually try to keep my work schedule really light on my re-entry <laughs> day. I try to make it so I can sleep in if possible, or at least lie around a lot. But mm. one thing I do is I do do <laughs> is I always try to get on like the post vacation cleanup stuff ASAP mm. because if I yeah. put that off like if if my buffer day doesn't include anything at all and I don't deal right. with the laundry or the suitcases right. it'll be like two days later I'm like hey yeah. uh yeah. doesn't really look like anyone's brushed their teeth and all everyone's right. like that's because my right. toothbrushes are stealing yeah. the suitcase and no <laughs> one has any clean clothes and it's just this right. Thing, like sucking all my energy out, the suitcase sitting in the middle of the room. So I try to get on that. I'm, I'm not always great about it, but I try right. to get on that pretty quickly. Right. Um, at least partly, at least get that first load of laundry going or, yes. you know, if you've got food, if you brought food with you or something, get that unpacked. Right. And Yeah. I like to go to the grocery store because we've usually like not had food. any food. And you before. can kind of make that feel like a fun thing. Like, oh, yeah. look, we're back and now we're getting back into real life. And yeah, but I'm going to give myself a day just to kind of nest a little bit. Yes. Yeah. It does feel like nesting to me. And I think I enjoy it because I am a homebody and I like getting things back to routine. Yeah. So that is fun. That is my version of fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, let's talk about where we're going this summer. So yeah. we're talking about travel. So where you guys, you might have mentioned this on a show, but I don't know if you did. Are you guys doing a big road trip? We are. We're taking, we wanted to do this for years and we just, this year are going to make it work. Um, we're taking the kids to Yellowstone and along the way, we're going to stop many places. Our, my brother-in-law's living in Iowa right now. My brother and sister-in-law um, live in Minneapolis and we have a good friend who has a cabin about three hours from Yellowstone or her parents okay. too. So we're going to, we've kind of got these stops we're going to incorporate along the way, but we're also going to stop at a lot of other places we've never been like Deadwood. And, um, I don't know, just, uh, we're going to kind of do that whole out West thing. Awesome. Oh, we see Mount Rushmore. I mean, we've wanted to do this for a long time and the kids are just the right age and yeah, you know, Jacob's going to be it. going off to do his own adult thing at some point. So we just want to make sure we get it in. So I'm excited. It's going to be, big, it's, it. it'll be our longest road trip to date. I think we're going to be gone for like 13 or 14 days. Wow. So, and are you, are you staying in w any one place for longer or is it pretty evenly like, 
we're trying up. to do well, well there'll be a couple of one-nighters just because it's kind of a stop like on the way place that we don't necessarily want to stay at for very long um but we're trying to do like three or four nights in yellowstone three or four nights at the cabin because i feel like that'll be a nice way to just kind of un you know unwind mm-hmm. we won't really have much else to do and then probably one or two days at the other places that we go so very those places will be more, I will be more like one, two days. I so, haven't really, yeah. I haven't really been to any of those type we of places. Either. We haven't yeah, either. So really cool. Be, yeah. It's going to be like your classic family fun. Yeah. What about you? Oh, and we're also doing the UP again this year at the end of the summer. Oh, you are. So it's similar, like a lake house type <laughs> Ooh, thing. Sneezed. Um, yeah, same. We're doing the same week, same length, same itinerary, which is nothing. The itinerary so. we, we started this show with, which is <laughs> yes. where Megan sits on the deck and watches her children frolic in the water. Yep. Yep. That's about it. Um, Yeah. So we have two, uh, this is pretty typical for us. So we are flying twice. Um, My parents share kind of share ownership in a house outside Lake Tahoe. Um, It's not on Lake Tahoe. It's actually near Truckee, California, which is a really cool old mining town. It's really fun to talk about like old West. Um, And it's a very family friendly place to take the kids. We just swim and ride bikes. And every time that they're older, it's more fun. So we're doing that. Actually, the kids and I will be there for I'll fly by myself with them both ways. But Brian will join for part of it in the middle. So we'll be there for like eight or nine days. I feel like my parents will be there. So they'll be my co-parents most of the time. And Brian will come up. Um, and then later in the summer, we're going to Rhode Island, which is our big cross country, as I have mentioned, we usually do it every other year. So it's Brian's mom's side. They're all from Connecticut, but Connecticut people, um, go to the beach in Rhode Island. And I, it's a part of the country I never would have known growing up as a West coaster. Um, it's beautiful. It's very new England summer. Um, and, Brian's aunt and uncle have a beach house and his mom recently bought a little place and it's, it is really, it's really hard to get to for us. It's like drive an hour and a half to LA, fly five and a half hours to Boston, drive two and a half hours to Rhode Island. It is an (laughs) epic, epic travel day. This year I'm telling myself that we did it two years ago and Violet was 18 months, which is pretty much like bullseye on the hardest time to go on a cross country airplane ride with a toddler. So if I did it when she was 18 months, then this year will be easy. That's what I'm telling myself. Um, do you ever, just to interrupt really quick, do you ever yeah. consider adding like a hotel night when there's going to be a long drive after a flight? Um, I guess I would. I, I We've done it a couple of times on the way back when our, we have an early morning flight. So then okay. we'll go check into a hotel and then wake up and go to the airport. I guess I just find all the crap that you have to lug around with yeah. little kids suitcases. I mean, my kids can't carry their own stuff yet for the most part. So getting in and out of a hotel, I just rather like, like, I'm just thinking about the time you're losing, leaving from California, then getting to the East coast, then having to like get your bags and then get in a car and then drive. I mean, at some point my breaking point would probably be like right around there. I'm getting hives just thinking about it right now. (laughs) But we've done it before. Actually, the first time we did it, I had a brand new baby. If anybody out there is traveling with tiny brand new first time babies, don't worry because it's way easier than you think because brand new tiny babies do great usually on airplane rides like I'm talking about like tiny infants but the very first time we did it Allegra was five weeks old and we went to Rhode Island anyway um, my, my point with that is the travel day is a beast but once we get there it's really really fun there's like the, the kids can just run outside and play 
Um, there's like a little inlet that's not the big Atlantic Ocean. So we can go to the beach, which is the Atlantic Ocean, but there's also um, a saltwater kind of pond inlet where the kids can catch crabs and there's no big waves to worry about. Mm. So it's safe and fun. And so I actually love this trip we do every other year. It's it's like it has to be worth it because the travel day is so long, but it's really super fun once we get there. So those are our two big uh, air travel trips this summer. And both of ours happen to be road trips. Interestingly yeah. enough, yeah. that is so funny. Yeah. Um, well, before we officially wrap, um, I did want to let people know that we have some more interview shows coming up. So um, thank you to all who gave us feedback on our first. If you haven't caught it, we are starting to do bonus interview shows that will be in addition to our weekly podcasts. And I interviewed Asha Dornfest of Parent Hacks a couple of weeks ago. Um, you can find it at themomhour.com. Um, and so we're, you and I are both going to be interviewing different people that are interesting to us. We have a couple more lined up. I'm really excited about one I'm working on where I'm talking to three different moms who work outside the home full time because we keep getting that as a topic suggestion. And you and I have both worked outside the home as moms before, but we're not. We, you work full time from home. I work part time from home right now. Um, and we have more control. We have more freelancey lives right now. So um, I'm talking to three different women who work full time outside the home um, as employees for other companies. One's an attorney. Um, one works for a university. And so I'm excited about that one. So keep subscribing. Keep uh, yeah. tuning in because that's kind of a new addition that I'm excited about. So and and next week what will be just a regular show, but we will be featuring a segment. Um, that where we'll be interviewing a dermatologist about sunscreen, which I'm excited oh, about. Oh, yes. That is going to be great, too. I'm glad you mentioned that. There's a lot of, I think, a lot of questions. I still have questions every day when I'm using it. So I'm, I'm excited to hear, to actually get the scoop on some of those SPF-type questions and other. So yeah, got a lot coming guys, up. Yeah, and if you guys have um, people or types of people you'd like us to interview, um, this is just a whole new like branch of the show for us. So just send us an email, hello at themomhour.com and let us know what types of people you'd like to hear from or if you have a specific person, celebrity, no, just kidding, <laughs> um, then we will do our best. So that's all I got for now. Thanks, everybody. And all of everything we talked about today will be at themomhour.com. This was episode 53. We'll see you next time. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction. And Erica helps them build healthy habits in self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. 
Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%.